are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason.
Welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad you're here with me. The name of the show is Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. This is a faith-based podcast where we give some intel and talk about some other things that can appeal to a wider audience, but really the focus is on Jesus. Because despite what's going on in the world, there's nothing more important than your eternity. Eternity for you, if you're born again, began at the moment you were born again. And you were transferred out of the world system into the kingdom of God. Even though we live here on earth. You have a spirit. And your spirit and the spirit world is much more real than this fleshly planet that we live on right now. I'm thankful that I do live here and I'm thankful that I've been pulled out of the world system. If you have not heard the broadcast from Friday, I read someone else's work, someone who has been sending me stuff for years now. And it was the power to overcome fear, but it was really a master class in theology, in my opinion. And knowing who we are and the promises of God. If you haven't heard it, I would implore you to listen to it. It's only available on Podbean. Well, I guess it's available on Apple and Spotify and all those other places, but it's an audio-only podcast. Having said that, let's get on to today's reading of the word. I want to tell you that uh, just a couple quick announcements. I will be going away next week for a few days. There will not be a Sunday show next week, probably not a show the following Tuesday. I, I will do one on Tuesday this week. And what I have planned is pretty darn surprising folks. Unbelievable. Uh, you'll have to see it. <laughs> but just because I have it planned doesn't mean it happens. And such is the case today. Knowing that I will be away next Sunday, I didn't want to start a new book of study. And I figured, actually, I was going to do something that's been on my heart uh, after some conversations this week about uh, some parables. And there's one particular parable that I just see differently than most people. And I think you'd find it very interesting. And it was just going to be a short broadcast, probably 20, 25 minutes. 
And I've had it planned since Thursday. I studied it out, got all my thoughts together, got the show planned. And of course, <laughs> my plans got foiled by the Lord because I really felt the Lord clearly, well, <laughs> you know, I always ask him to give me signs, to direct me, to let me know. And without a doubt, he told me to start on 2 Timothy. So this is what we are going to be doing is the book of 2 Timothy. I plan to get through the first chapter today. Um, and just before I read, just a, a reminder, and I have to do this, folks, but Right on Radio is supported by you. I can't do this without your support, or I can't do it as much, and I can't get as deep into things without your support. It gives me the ability to have the time to do research and to study and to prepare things and to help grow this community. So if you can, um, you can go to a patron account, which is, uh, the link is in the description, and it'll bring you to Podbean. That's a monthly support structure, and it can be $3, $7, $20, $50, you know, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Um, but some people don't want to do a monthly commitment. I have a PayPal as well, and the link is in the description. Thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Paul, the apostle, Lord, and his contributions that are so deep and rich and knowledgeable. He surely was hearing from the Holy Spirit. And Father, as we read your word, although this was written to Timothy, Lord, it's your word for us. And so, Father, each of us are individual, and each of us, you have different plans for. So, therefore, I pray the Holy Spirit will minister to each one individually and give them the peace that you would have for them, to prosper them, Lord, because that's the will of the Father, is to prosper his children. And the greatest prosper is in the most powerful thing known to man, and that is the word of God. So I ask that you bless the reading of this word. Give us understanding. And as always, Lord, I pray that myself goes to the side, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit will speak through me clearly and deliver the words that you want to be put forth. And Father, if anything does come out of my flesh that is not of you that does not bear good witness and glorify the Son of God, then I pray it falls off deaf ears, or even, Lord, that I can immediately retract it and take ownership of it and repent. So it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray these things. Amen. Second Timothy is so rich. Did you know that this is the last letter that Paul wrote before his execution? 
So this letter is coming from a condemned man sitting in prison, awaiting his martyrdom. And these are the words he wrote. And I can't wait to get to the fourth chapter. Honestly, folks, go ahead, read ahead of the study. Read, read all four chapters of Second Timothy. This is so rich. And of course, the first chapter is more of an introduction. But I think it sets the tone perfectly. As although Paul wrote this, this is God's word. And as indicated in the prayer, Paul wrote this to Timothy, but God wrote it to you. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers, night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purposes and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to protect what I have entrusted to him until that day. Hold on to the example of sound words, which you have heard from me, 
in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Protect through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of one Sephorus, for he has often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to you, uh, Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well what services he rendered at Ephesus. Lord, bless the reading of your word. And good morning to those I can see in chat. I see Katie Q here, Wendy. Fantastic to see you, Wendy. You're you are such a testimony to the goodness of God. Teresa, I'm so glad to see you back in good form, it seems, these days. You've been through much, sister. Michelle, good morning to you as well. God bless each and every one of you. All right, so let's get into it. Um, this chapter seems pretty straightforward, but I'd like to tell you that God's word is much deeper than it quickly appears. And that's why when we study, we should read it slow and take our time and ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, reveal to me, what do you have to show me in verse one, in verse two? And because every verse in the Bible, every sentence, every word was put there with intention. And again, this is God's letter to you. So it's good to learn from it. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Let me just stop there. So Paul is giving his title, of course, and he is an apostle of Christ Jesus, strong, identifying, no mistake, by the will of God. What strikes me about that is, you know, Paul never planned to be an apostle. Paul was quite comfortable in being, as he describes, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was one of the top guys, the most learned in the law, persecuting Christians with glee. Paul did not choose this life. 
God chose him. Now, of course, we know that, of course, you chose God when you gave your life to him. But know this, he chose you first. And you want to hear his words. You want to learn from him. You want to be more intimate with God. By the will of God. And it's his will inside of you. By the gift of his Holy Spirit. That is his promise. And a part of God, when you become born again, indwells upon you in you. According to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. So Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. This is an amazing statement. You know, we live in a time when we are being persecuted now for following the narrow path of Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians. And at, at that time, in the first century, Christians were also being persecuted. And Paul, as I said a few moments ago, was about to be martyred. He was in prison awaiting his death when he wrote this. But he's not talking about his upcoming demise. He's talking about the prime promise of life in Christ Jesus. So he knows that the spirit is more real than the flesh. And there should be no fear in this world because Christ has taken away the sting of death. There's nothing, and there's nothing worse according to the world than death. And none of us want to forsake our lives. Our lives here on this earth are a gift. It's precious. It's a great time to serve the Lord, to start storing up that treasure in heaven. But we live for that, not for the world. Verse 2. To Timothy, my beloved son, I have spiritual mothers and fathers. And I am a spiritual father to well, a few people, actually. And as much as you know, you were placed into your family by God, and you were placed with that family for a reason, functional or dysfunctional most likely dysfunctional. You were placed in that family for a reason, to go through whatever you have gone through. 
but the real family is the family of God. And when I read this earlier, I pondered on just that line, my beloved son. And I have discipled people throughout my walk with Jesus. But I want more sons and daughters in the Lord. I really desire that. It's beyond just a discipling relationship. When you can love someone like your own flesh and blood. And if you're a parent, you know that there's no love like you have for a child. And Paul considered Timothy his child. And I want more of those. And I and I was reflecting as well, because we obviously just went through the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And John almost always started out to my children, my beloved children. And just think of how many children these apostles had in the spirit. What a beautiful thing. You know, many of us in this right on radio community have gained these feelings of being brothers and sisters in Christ. And what a wonderful thing. That's really an answer to prayer. Glory to God. You know, there's a lot of people who are in the community and not all of them are active. In fact, you know, probably single digits of people in this community are active and actively share. And if you're in the community, you listen to the broadcast, you follow along, get involved with us. Join us on Telegram. Follow me on Twitter. And by the way, you can DM me. I, I do like to keep most of my conversations. It's best if you tag me in a chat because I don't like to have private conversations. Sometimes it's merited. I get it because you want to say something personal about yourself. or But it's always best to do it. And you can just tag me. And I'll respond. I respond to everyone where I'm tagged. Or at least I try to. My beloved. Remember that line? That's what uh, John always said. Beloved. And from... <laughs> from Thus saith the Lord, be loved. Even some of you are widows, some of you are single, some of you are married, and you feel alone. Be loved. I love you. Some, I've never met most of you, but I love you. And more importantly, the Lord Jesus loves you and his promises are faithful and true in your life. Look up his promises. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. 
if you listen to Friday's broadcast, it was about peace being more important than understanding. And it was the purpose of it was to eradicate fear. Uh, please go check it out. I really loved it. I hope you get it. Maybe it's hard to listen to. It's about 35 minutes of me reading someone else's work. But, man, it's deep. You could listen to it a few times, honestly. I don't get paid to, you know, have... I don't get paid when you listen to it again and again. I don't get paid when you listen. So I have no motivation other than to say it is deep calling on to deep, in my opinion. Verse 3, I thank God whom I serve with clear conscience. So he was not forced into it. He was not blackmailed by Christ Jesus. He was not threatened with anything. He's serving of clear conscience, and he's a slave to Jesus Christ by choice because he did not have to go to Jerusalem, if you remember, in the book of Acts. He did not have to go. He was warned by many brothers and sisters not to go, but he felt the compelling of the Holy Spirit, and he went. And he did it out of good conscience, the way my forefathers did. As I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. And just to make that personal for a moment, I'm longing to see many of you in person. And to give you a hug, and actually this spring I was really planning on, I, I, I did so many things to orchestrate. I was planning on doing a tour somewhat this year, but I feel that the, and even the Lord gave me a teaching that will knock your socks off about finding your purpose in life, which this chapter talks about. But not only that, but making it real in your life. In, and it's so brilliant what the Lord showed me to do with it. Um, it can't be from me. But I feel constrained, a prisoner <laughs> to some extent, because of some circumstances that are happening in my life right now. I will get out down to the United States and you know, if you're in Ontario, I can meet you easily, but uh, some of you I will meet this summer, I promise, but it won't be in a big seminar type setting. I just wanted to give you that update because I actually haven't said that, and some people might be wondering. Verse 5, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, who I'm sure that it is in you as well. So obviously Timothy grew up with the gospel. He's a young man, so possibly even, I don't know his exact age, but he's grown up with the faith in Jesus. And I love that it says the sincere faith. You know, there's a lot of people who will pretend. There's a lot of people who go to church, 
that pretend to be a good Christian, pretend to have a sincere faith. But really, it's just something they're used to doing. It's habitual. They might not even be born again. So it's nice to know with a sincere faith. And for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. There's a couple different translations there, but it's all, it's like light that fire and no, not the charismatic type. <laughs> not what he's saying. But you know, when, when you really want something, it's like a fire is inside of you and you just have to do it. It doesn't matter what comes in your way. You'll push it out of the way. You're on fire for the Lord. And that's what he's saying here. And he comes from good stock as well. And he also said, um, afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, you don't have to have an apostle lay hands on you to be spirit-filled. Just be clear about that. However, Timothy was called into the ministry. Timothy has a high position. He's a disciple of Paul the Apostle. And when you give someone position, the proper way to do it is have the elders of the church lay hands on and send that person out into their calling. Verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. <clears throat> so let's just break that down a little bit. First of all, did you catch it? God gave you a spirit. It's his spirit. And there is no timidity in it. It's not afraid. Whatever life throws at you, fear is not from the Lord. Fear is crippling to you. But God gave you a spirit that takes away all those fears. All of them. You know, in certain circles, because we all have many circles, we have our Christian friends, we have our non-Christian families, non-Christian friends. And you might not want to talk about the gospel in front of some of those people. Some of us become a different person when we're in different crowds. Why? Because there's a cost. There's always a cost to you in this world when you preach the Lord Jesus. I can tell you, before starting this podcast and before the pandemic, you know, I, 
I was a pretty popular guy, folks. I have many circles, hundreds of people who I could call and call friends. Now, some of them are more acquaintances, but people that I've actually spent time with and, you know, we would talk about things and I got to know them intimately. Did you know those people have a spirit of timidity and many of them will not communicate with God? And they don't want to have their conscience seared, their conscience seared, because they know truth is truth. Truth is first denied, and then it's tested, and then it's proven as truth. So many of those people, although they like me personally, don't want to be around me. because they're in the denial phase. But my prayer for them is that they'll go to start testing it next. And then when it's proven, they'll enter into the kingdom of God. So (laughs) we don't suffer timidity, but people of the world do. Instead, we have power love, and discipline. What is our power? Our power is the ability to pray and ask the Lord, who has all power. We are sons and daughters. We are children of the God Most High. We have the power to pray. And as the scriptures say, if you don't have love, you don't have anything. God is love. It's probably the best definition we have for him because there are no words or understanding in our... (laughs) Our human brains cannot conceive God. We can't explain him properly. We don't know, but in faith, We believe in him, but love is probably the most accurate depiction of who God is. And discipline. Discipline is a gift of the spirit. It's self-control. Now, every one of us are still sinners. Your sin has been forgiven. But we still sin. But as we get closer to God, we do get more discipline. As we empty ourselves out, the Lord fills us up more of his Holy Spirit in us. And we have more self-control and we'll sin less. You, you, You don't earn salvation, folks. You don't earn it by being good. Although we're called to be good. We want to strive for it. The ultimate goal of our salvation is to be more like Jesus. And eventually we will be like Jesus. Not like God's, but we will 
have a new body like Jesus. We will be where he is. Praise the Lord. So therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. See, a lot of people because, and let's face it, if your brother, sister, father, mother, good best friend is in prison, it's a natural thing to be have some shame. You don't want to tell someone your husband's in prison. You, you feel ashamed. Or your wife or your son or daughter. You know, we want to boast in the people around us. So a lot of people would who were born again, who probably were studied under Paul, disassociated themselves with him because now he's in prison. And perhaps they didn't want the same fate to come upon themselves. He goes on to say, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. So it's not calling you to suffer. You're, you don't take a a pledge to get hurt or <laughs> you know um, go out with in the winter without a coat and suffer. I'm doing it for the Lord Jesus. He'll keep me strong. Don't be a foolish person. But remember, at the beginning of this verse, he says, "Do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord." And if you give the testimony of the Lord. You're going to suffer in this world. I have hundreds of people who won't come around me anymore. <laughs> and I'm happy about it. I'm kind of going through a desert time. I'm, I know many of you are as well. But you will su suffer for the gospel according to the power of God. It's because of the power of God. And when you speak truth, there's conviction. There's conviction, folks. And people of the world don't like it. No one wants to stand before a mirror and see them their ugly self. To see all their dirtiest secrets exposed. Because that's what happens. It's they realize that God sees all their dirty stuff when the truth is presented to them. And it's shameful. It truly is shameful. Verse 9, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Do you know what your calling is? It's a really deep subject, but essentially, and God uses each individual individually. 
makes sense, right? But there is a great commission and it's called the great commission for a reason. We are called to go out and preach Christ Jesus. And it says something really interesting here. Who has saved us with a holy calling. Now you might think, I can't be holy. <laughs> I try, but man, <laughs> I just got too much stuff I'm working out. Um, I could easily say that, brothers and sisters. But do you know what holy means? You know, some of us think, oh, I got to be dressed in white linen and only speak in love and only speak intellectual and only speak the word of God because I am holy like he is holy. Listen, that'd be a great place to be. It's just not reality for most of us. <laughs> Very few get there in this world. But holy simply means to be set apart. Did you know that? And when you become born again, you are set apart from the world system into the kingdom system. And, and once you are born again and put into the kingdom system, there is no going back. Unless you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, whatever that means. I have a feeling about it. I'm not going to talk about it now. Or if when the mark of the beast is presented, and it will be obvious, folks. It's, it's a deception, but it's going to be obvious if you're born again. God's protection is upon you. He'll give you the strength at that time to say no, no matter what the cost is. but you're just called to be set apart. And I love the next part of the sentence, not according to our works. You see, you can't do it. You can't live holy enough on your own. You can't be set apart on your own. There's nothing in this world that can do it. There's nothing you can do, but it's only according to his purposes and his grace. Grace has a much deeper meaning than most people know. And I, I've said this before, but I just want to repeat it. I could do a whole teaching on it. Grace, obviously, you can be graceful to someone, and that's kind of, we see that God is graceful to us. Okay. Grace is the power of the Holy Spirit in you. It's the power. It's not just God being nice to you. It's the power of God. So when you say grace and peace, friend, you're saying power of God in your life and nothing can bother you because of that and his eternal promise. Grace and peace. 
very powerful words. But has now been revealed. Oh, let me continue. Uh, Not according to our works, but according to his purposes and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. What is a grant? It's a gift, isn't it? If you got a grant to go to school, that means someone believes in you enough that they paid the way for you. Jesus Christ, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, God, the creator of all the heavens and the earth, believes in you so much that he has granted you this privilege from all of eternity. And it has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life, immortality, to light through the gospel. Isn't that everything right there? Did he say, you know, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and that's so your sins are are forgiven, and you're okay, you can go into heaven now. And that would be true. But it's more powerful when he says he abolished death. What does abolish mean? He got rid of it forever. Death is no more. Death is no more. Some of you might be fearing, you know, I can't pay rent next month or I'm behind on my car payment. But you'll live. And God promises you will have food. You will have shelter of some kind. Unless you choose otherwise. But he will provide those things for you, child of God. So don't worry about those things. Doesn't mean you shouldn't take active steps and have personal discipline to solve those problems. Of course you should. But the sting of death is gone. What's the worst that can happen to you? You have to walk instead of drive a car? You have to ask a loved one for a ride? Oh, you get to have fellowship with someone? (laughs) Instead of being by yourself? So we abolished death and brought life, immortality, 
to light so it's plain for everyone to see as long as you have eyes to see. And then Paul goes on to say, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. So he was appointed. Paul didn't wake up and say, you know what? That guy preaching at that church over there, he's got a lot of people who love him. He's popular. He's got a YouTube channel. Plus, he's got a congregation. The congregation pays for his car. Pretty good gig. I think I want to go to theology school and I'll, I'll be a preacher and that's a pretty good life. I'm going to choose that. No, Paul was appointed. And I'd suggest to you, even myself, um, some of you have been with me from the beginning. I didn't choose this. He chose me. That might sound arrogant, but it's true. I would have never chosen to forsake popularity because I gave up a lot more than most people think. I gave up a career. I gave up all kinds of stuff. Is the prize much better than what I gave up? Of course it is. Would I do it again in a heartbeat? No question. But in the state I was at at the time, I would not have chosen this. There's no way. I wouldn't have chosen to go through the spiritual battles that I've been through. The persecution from friends and family. People telling lies about me on the internet would have never chose it. I was appointed. And I'm not comparing myself to Paul either here, but let's face it, we all have some similarities with those called in the Bible because we are called as well. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Powerful statement right there. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He knows him. So Paul has an advantage over most people in this world. Paul had a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus in a very real way. Like the Lord took away his sight for three days. You know, he Paul had a real encounter with Christ. And most of us have an encounter with Christ, but probably not as real as what Paul had. And obviously Paul was a special man and God had a special purpose in him. So Paul is saying this with severe, and Paul, no, he's sitting in prison with joy in his heart awaiting death. What does that tell you? But Paul says, and I'm eight, I am convinced that he is able to protect whatever I have entrusted to him until that day. What was the most important thing to Paul? It wasn't his life. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It was what he's writing to Timothy, that the works and the true faith 
will go on, that his efforts would not be in vain, that the true gospel of Christ will keep going. And so Paul didn't entrust Timothy to that. He's helping to grow Timothy into that role. But Paul entrusts the Lord to guarantee that. Why? Because Timothy, as good as he is, as holy as he is, as righteous as much as he's in the true faith, he's a man. So Paul entrusted to him until that day. So in verse 13, he says, hold on to the example of sound words, which you've heard from me, the true doctrine, the true gospel. In the faith, in the faith is really a more accurate way than calling ourselves Christian. We are in the faith. We are in the way. And love, which are in Christ Jesus Verse 14, protect through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure in which has been entrusted to you. Oh, you might think, I'm poor. What treasure do I have? Do you have the word of God written in, on your heart? Do you have the spirit of God in you? Did God give you the great commission to carry forth his work on this earth? You have treasure beyond riches that anyone in this world may know. You might see these people they call the elite with billions or trillions of dollars. Your treasure is worth far more. So be a good faith person. Be of good heart. Know these things. Be encouraged. You are rich beyond belief. You're an heir to the fortune of the God Most High. And just in closing, um, Paul says, you were aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me. They got scared. Just like Jesus at the Last Supper, remember? He goes, you're all going to betray me. <laughs> no, Peter says, I won't. <laughs> um, before the end of the day, you'll betray me three times. He betrayed him. And Paul experienced that with uh, all who were in Asia, all of them. <laughs> Among who are, any names, Vigelis uh, and Hermogenes, the Lord, but he says, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know him very well from what services he rendered in Ephesus. I, I don't really know what services he did in Ephesus, but obviously... I was working in the Great Commission and preaching of the gospel. But it's interesting, Paul being in chains, he said that uh, this person came, he looked for him. He knew his brother was in trouble. You want to serve the Lord? See a need, go to the need. 
in love. You see a need, go to the need. You know, many people put prayer requests on our prayer channels. And our prayer team sees the need and they go to the need. And our admins do as well. In fact, even beyond that, just people in the community do it. They see the need, they go to the need. That's acting in love. And it's selfless. They don't do it for recognition. They do it because they're called. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so remember, um, those of you listening in real time, there will be a show on Tuesday, possibly on Thursday, but there will not be one on Friday, on Sunday, or the following Tuesday. <clears throat> I really say that more for just the people who are here on Sunday and depend on and like to be here and have fellowship with one another. Let me pray for you before we finish out. Lord, you have brought your light into this world and you have revealed all things. You have left us prepared with the knowledge of your word, but more importantly, with the power of your word, which resides inside each of us who are born again. You have granted us the clarity of your scriptures, the simplicity of the gospel, and the privilege to go share in love with all whom you have called. Lord Jesus, I pray against any spirit of fear. I pray against any spirits that come against anyone in this community that are not of God. Lord, I pray for each one that is praying alongside or meditating on these words, Lord. And they have the thoughts of the things that there's openings in their lives for the enemy to come in. Lord, I pray those are closed right now. Lord, as fleshly beings, sometimes we open up doorways and we let the accuser come to our lives. Unknowingly, just walking in our flesh, Lord. But Lord, those are mistakes of someone who, Lord, is not perfected yet in Christ. So, Lord, I ask by the power of God Almighty, the power of the Lord of the King of Kings, that you not only close off access to the enemy for each and every one in this community, 
that, Lord, you take those spirits who are attacking your children and you cast them into the abyss to be forever gone. Depopulate the enemy's camp, Lord. Lord, I ask these things in your name because you are mighty and willing to do it. And Lord, you are mighty to save. And I ask that anyone here who is not saved or doubts their salvation, Lord, to make your truth known in each of their lives. And Lord, I pray continually for provision, not only in health and in personal finances, Lord, but today, Father, I pray for your provision in relationship. And relationship with you first and foremost, because we cannot have proper fellowship with another person in this world without having you first and foremost in our life. But Lord Jesus, as we get closer to you and as we get more intimate with you and allow you to see more intimately into each one of us, I pray, Lord, that we carry that spirit, that spirit which you've put inside of us, and we bring it to the forefront in our relationships, not only with unbelievers, but Lord, with the, uh, the unbelievers in our lives. And Father, I want to take it a step further because you love all people in this world. Lord, let us even have fellowship with whom the world would say is most unclean. Let us have love in our hearts for that person. Let us get to know those that the world has cast aside. Lord, I'm thinking of orphans. I'm thinking of homeless people. I'm thinking of people who suffer from depression, Lord, who have become ill and don't partake and are isolated. Lord, I ask that you use us to reach those that you've put before us in the path. And Lord, that we will hear your command. And when we see to the need, we will go to the need. In the name of Jesus, I pray. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, and I just thought of this right after I finished the prayer. The uh, sort of sermon that I wanted to talk about breaking down the parables today was all about prayer. Uh, and it comes from a parable that a lot of people wouldn't equate with prayer. Or not in the way that I was going to see it. But I think these scriptures in First Timothy here gave me even greater insight into that. You know what? I think I'm going to probably just do a pod bean or I'll do a quick show, just maybe 
maybe before I go, if I can. Well, I'm gonna just gonna look at the chat real quick and see if I missed anything. <clears throat> oh, praise the Lord. If you ever want to yell at me, just put in all caps. <laughs> I'll see it. So I'm just scrolling. Looks great. I, I'll read every bit of the chat after uh, after the program has concluded. But God bless each one of you. Listen, please leave a comment. I love to hear from you. And uh, if you can hit the thumbs up and like and all that stuff, it really does help. May God bless each and every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And until next time, remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community by going out there and seeing a need and going to that need. In Jesus' name, amen.